Welcome to the Wiseta Free Conversations podcast. This month, we start a series about helping people. In this episode, we talk to Carlos and Meredith Block and learn more about how we can help people in the jungles of Peru. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for technology that we are able to do this, being um, so far and so distant, and yet um, you allow for us to be right here together. And so, God, I pray in the same way that this conversation that we have would um, help us to be able to record some of the essential things that are going on in the ministry you have given to Carlos and Meredith, and that you would also um, allow for people who you want to hear this, who you are seeking to engage them to walk more closely with you, and in some ways even walk more closely with you uh, in this ministry that you've um, placed within our hands. And so, God, we thank you for it. Thank you for this time and ask your blessing to be in what we say here in this podcast, we pray in person. Okay, um, let's let's go ahead and I'll, I'll begin. Well, I'm excited to be able to talk about this uh, podcast, helping others. And you may not realize it, but helping others can help you live longer. It reduces chronic pain, and I think we'd all like to know that. Uh, it lowers your blood pressure. It um, in a time when there's incredible anxiety, it actually can uh, lessen depression as well as lower stress levels. And one thing that's really important gives a greater sense of purpose and satisfaction. And it's something that even we're told told to do. Jesus said, love others um, just like we love ourselves. And so I'm not telling you something that I'm making up. Uh, Investing your time, your money, and your personal energy uh, to help others doesn't just make the world better. It also makes you better. And there are scientific studies. I could name them. I was going through reading different ones and from Yale, from Harvard, to a Cleveland Clinic study, to some recent research in neuroscience in a number of different schools. So this is not just something that we hope is true or the word of God tells us is true, that when we do that, it is also, it's kind of interesting how science also backs us up. So what I want to share with you is you don't have to go, you don't actually have to go to the jungles of Peru to to help others. You can develop sustainable farming, help train people in agriculture. You can help feed people and, and, and help their livelihood um, in this generation and generations to come. And there is a way even to help these same people experience the grace and forgiveness and love of Jesus Christ. And so that's what I want to tell you about um, as we look into this series on helping others, how you can be a part of an exciting adventure and helping others specifically in the jungles of Peru. So I'm going to ask you to put on your hiking shoes, grab your backpack, sun hat, insect repellent will be important, and let's get started. And I want to introduce you to Carlos and Meredith Block, who are going to kind of be our guides because they are global partners who are making a difference in the jungles of Peru. So welcome, you guys. Thanks. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Um, I'm excited to hear how we can help you help others in the jungles of Peru. And so... Let's get started in this way. Let's let's hear about exactly where you're at. Um, what's it like in the jungles of Peru? How far are you from the Amazon River? Any of those kind of basic questions to get us started? Yes, uh, we live in the city of San Ramon. It's five hours from the Yanesha Reservation. Is um, for 
logistic reasons, we, we stay in San Ramon, we have a internet, electricity and running water. And besides that, uh, because it's a reservation, we cannot live with the Yanisha people. Uh, so it's a reservation we, that you are there, but you're not able to be actual residents there. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Uh, the jungle is very green, 80 and 90s degrees all year long. Okay. All seasons, rainy season and no rainy season. Okay, so a lot of heat. What else? Yeah. Meredith. Lots of bugs, lots of birds, uh, lots of dirt roads, uh, amazing waterfalls and fruit. Um, our windows are always open. Uh, we love our fans to keep us cool. Sure. Um, and if you look on the map, if you chose like a center point in the whole country of Peru, that's right where we are, right in the middle of Peru. From Lima, you come over the Andes and back down the other side to get to the jungle. Okay, go over to the mountains to get there. So in central Amazon, that jungle area, there are um, how many different groups of people in, in, in that area? In the central Amazon jungle, there are over 10 indigenous people groups. In all Peru, there are around uh, over 100. The Yanisha number around 40,000 and the nation 5,000. Uh, but in the reservation area, working with around 4,000 people. Uh, we met the Yanisha through a ministry friend. They asked for theological training. Okay, yes, just real quickly. So I just want to make that just clear as can that, that there are about 14,000, but where you're at specifically about 5,000 that you work with. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Meredith. Yeah, no, I was going to say that um, in the 60s, Wycliffe did come here. They translated mm -hmm. the New Testament into Yanisha, and there was a huge spiritual awakening. But that was about 50 years ago, and they've kind of been left on their own, and the church is kind of um, almost non-existent. So everybody does speak Spanish, but it's hard to study and to travel to study. So as we got to know them, we realized they were living in extreme poverty. We began to explore different areas of ministry like clean water systems. We realized that the church was dying and the youth were virtually unreached. So we started working in the schools. So that's kind of more of a background on what well, we're doing. I'd love to hear more and we'll talk more about the Yanisha people and specifically how people can help people from here over in the jungles. But I'd like to know a little bit about you guys, like um, Meredith, where are you originally from? How did you end up in Peru? Yeah, um, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. I actually went to a free church called Wayside Chapel that was very missions minded. Uh, I got involved in ministry in high school with five day clubs. Mm -hmm. with kids during the summer. And it just really led me to ask if God could use someone like me. And I love Spanish. I chose to major in Spanish secondary ed. I was attracted to Wheaton because they had a six month intercultural program focused on responding to poverty. So I ended up going with that program to Peru. And there I just got here, I discovered that the free church was already working here. I didn't even know we had a free church mission. Huh. Um, so yeah, but I really liked what they were doing at the end of my time here. I told the Lord, if I ever come back, I'd love to work with this church. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So early on, God kind of started laying a foundation 
for your desire to, to be there and hunger for Spanish. How about you, Carlos? Either you have a, developed an incredible accent or you're not originally from the U.S. So tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. I grew up in Peru. Uh, I became a lawyer and was living in the world. Uh, I became a believer in Lima thanks uh, to some missionaries from Waiseta Free, David and Gina Stavros. A few years later, we moved to U.S., and the Lord called me into the ministry as a Hispanic pastor of Free Church in California. But I always felt drawn to missions and finally got to serve here in the jungle in 2012. That's an interesting journey. So it really started with someone actually from Wyzetta Free, our church, um, coming there. You heard the gospel. Christ got a hold of your life as a lawyer and then brings you back here. You're doing a church here and then you come back once again, not just to Lima, but now actually over the mountains to um, bring that gospel to to other people. So the question I think I want to know and that others want to know is um, how did you guys meet and was it love at first sight? Well, not quite because we met (laughs) at ministry we met as ministry colleagues while he was serving in Burbank ah. as a Hispanic pastor. And the Bruggers and people from Lima, um, from La Vina, while I had been there, heard that I was going to visit his church and encouraged me to meet the blocks. So we all met in 97, Carlos's okay. first wife and his three boys. And, you know, about five or six years later in 2001, I was really sad to hear that she was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And it Later, she went to be with the Lord. So I was going back to Peru about that time. So we lost touch for a long time. Wow. So you were connected, then not, and then back together. Carlos, what's your thoughts on on this? I mean, yes. In 2011, uh, my church gave me a sabbatical, and I went to Peru looking for opportunities to serve in the jungle. My missionary friends, you know, from before, suggest me that, I contact Meredith for advice. So our first phone call lasted two hours. Oh, so 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 you're asking Meredith for advice, and she gave you two hours of it. Yes, more phone calls. You know, we finally saw each other in Lima. You know, yeah. It felt like we were in the high school. Oh, it sounds that way. Okay, I got a whole bunch of people who I promised that that helping others can um, can really help themselves, but even help create better communities and create uh, opportunities for people to grow. So you guys are in the jungle of Peru. I said I would talk about how they can be people who help you in that. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing um, and maybe how their prayers, encouragement, and support uh, would be a help to help you help others. Yeah, so we envision an indigenous movement of healthy Yanisha churches resulting in gospel transformation in the next generations for the glory of God in the central Amazon jungle of Peru. As we see the church aging, we are focusing on the younger people who are not involved and who are vulnerable to dangerous temptations in the area where they live training younger pastors to disciple others and starting this uh, Christian agricultural school is going to be a place where young people can be discipled. And that's our real, like our main focus for, for now. 
So, so you're, you're bringing, you're starting this Christian agricultural school. That's one of the things you're doing when you're there. And um, tell us a little bit, I mean, about the land, what happened, how you, what's going on? How, how are you doing that? Sure. Uh, five years ago, the community donated the land. And now we have uh, two buildings, actually one billion and a half. And so we fill public bathrooms and a half of the perimeter wall built. Carlos, let me ask you quickly, when you say the community donated, is that the Yanasha community said you could have this land to do this? That's correct. Okay. You know, yes. But only one team, you know, has come to the past, the past two years due to the pandemic. Sure. So we lost some momentum and support to the project. And there is still much more to do. There's a lot of spiritual darkness um, from their animistic past. And, mm-hmm. and this is a huge vision. So we really depend on our churches and people like you all to hold us up. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Anisha Training Center. What is your hope to accomplish? You've got the land, you've got a building and a half built. Uh, kind of play that out a little bit more for me, if you would. There are few structures in this area. No youth in the churches, uh, no place for you to enjoy good, clean, fun, and no training post high school that they can easily access or for nearby. Many young Yanisha people start their families in their teens. We have an opportunity, I think, to train them in ways that they will increase their income, providing better diet and health care while offering biblical principles as they start their families. So I think it's interesting when we talked at one point, you, I mean, I really believe and, and I think many understand how important a holistic ministry is of you can't just, um, you need to come in in both physical and spiritual hungers. I mean, Jesus fed the 5,000 and at the same time taught to them. So you're doing that um, and you, you're you in the process of, of building, you know, better nutrition, increasing income, moving them out of the extreme poverty that they're in and healthcare. And yet you had mentioned to me, you have a window for a period of time, not only to train them in agricultural ways, but they actually teach them the Bible and train them um, to know Christ and to be disciples. Is that, is that yes, yes. Yes, we're really excited because last year we discovered that we could start a school that would offer diplomas recognized by the Peruvian government while providing a Christian environment to, to study in. So, so this really, could be more than the Yanisha people then. I mean, this could be a school yeah. that train lots of these other indigenous people. Sure. I think God willing really can impact the whole region. There is no institute or college 300 uh, miles around, mm. you know, it's, that's it. Yeah, see, and I don't think people realize that, like, in the Minneapolis area, there's, you know, all mm-hmm. kinds of colleges and postgraduate kind of things for people. And in, in that area, there isn't. So this could have a, a wide impact and in, in really um, help in, in your ministry. Yanisha leader, Juan, is a clear player in this ministry. He grew up in the Yanisha community in a different area, became a Christian as a young adult, and studied two years in a mission school in Bolivia, another country. Mm-hmm. 
He visited indigenous communities there, and the Lord planted a desire in his heart to help his own people someday. Okay. Yeah, so four years ago, when he wanted to talk, we wanted to talk to him about joining our ministry. He was on his way to accept a really good paying job in another part of Peru, and he planned to just stop by our training event. But he ended up enjoying it so much that he mm -hmm. stayed and later came to the conclusion that the Lord was leading him to work with us. So he is gifted in multiple areas as a farmer, a technician. He's good at construction. He has been a community leader in his own community. Mm -hmm. He's a maker and he's a gifted Bible teacher. And now he has a family. He's got four kids and his wife, Lisa, is behind him 100 percent. That is so exciting to hear. I mean, just to, to hear about someone like Juan who God directed him in out of a conversation seems to become a very key player in this. And, and I look for those kind of things when I'm saying, God, are you moving? Are you working in area? And so that that obviously has to be one of those answers of prayer for you guys. Any any other thoughts or ideas around, you know, illustrations that kind of share what you're doing? Well, um, we do actually have some sad stories involving a number of young people. Uh, they go to the big city, you know, they go to Lima or Huancayo. Mm -hmm. And they try to get work usually as a maid. And then if life gets complicated, like she has a baby or he gets sick or injured, they end up returning to their community frustrated without a lot of hope for the future. So we really want to provide a local affordable option that provides real hope for their souls. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that, you know what, that's, isn't that ministry? There is good. And then there's also, you kind of, your heart breaks in some of those things. Tell us about your current project. Uh, right now, we are forming the association that will be legally registered. We are looking for potential professors and modules and that would be most needed in our area. Agriculture is the focus, but it's, it is broad. This kind of school can also partner with local business that want people to be training with the recognized institution for the skills they needed for their business. Yeah, for instance, in our area, there's a company called Choco Peru, and it's grow. they grow and process organic cacao. And many Yanisha people have been planting cacao for the last couple of years. What is so, cacao? Uh, it's the bean that cocoa comes from. Oh, got it, got it, okay. Yeah. yeah. This is also a learning conversation for us, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, chocolate, chocolate does not, I didn't realize before I lived here that we don't grow chocolate in the States. It has to be grown in tropical areas. Uh, so Peru is a wonderful place to grow it. Um, and so if we had like a one to two month training that Choco Peru wants their employees or their partners to have to improve their production or any aspect of their um, processing, everybody wins. Yeah. So I take it that this is done in that in their language, and yet you've got some possibilities of doing some things in English. What what makes it profitable for English? Is English something that people are wanting to learn? Sure. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, we are hope to offer English as a language and other options in the future. You know, okay. but it's going to take a little longer, but it's in our plan. They okay. actually already take English at school because the Peruvian Board of Education requires it. So, okay. um, yeah. 
That's neat. So I'm, I'm guessing this isn't free. And with that many buildings and these kind of construction costs that we have today, outfitting with furniture, computers, all the other things you need to do to actually run a school, you're, what are you talking about, a million dollars? Or, or what's, what's the cost on something like, like this? Oh, well, thankfully, it's not that expensive. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we we have we're not starting from scratch. So this sure. year, focusing on building a new building, the agricultural school building, that'll have several classrooms and an office. That building will probably cost around eighty thousand to build the whole thing, and to outfit it. So you're telling me seriously that for eighty thousand dollars, you guys are able to put together this training center that is post high school kind of a training center that could influence that whole area, and help lead people to Christ, build disciples, help people move out of poverty, help people eat more nutritiously, um, impact generations for $80,000. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I know that seems like a lot there, but honestly, when you look at that, at the cost of that, and then the opportunity and the things God can do, it just amazes me that could impact not just a Yanisha reservation, the people there, some 5,000 or 14,000, whatever. Uh, you have all, I mean, the, the areas that God could reach are, are incredibly um, far and wide. Um, and that's exciting. And I'm excited about what you're doing there. Um, you talked about the potential opportunities. As you think about those opportunities, I think a lot of times we think about like, what are some outcomes, desired outcomes that we want to see happen do you have some of those things that you've been processing through we want to impact younger generation with the gospel you know from healthy families and churches give a spiritual and vocational hope for the future sure praying for the leaving remnant of young of youth and young families to be raised up who could stand out in the spiritual darkness of the jungle they also need to be included in the economy of Peru as a viable player with access to meet their basic needs. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm excited for our part to be able to help others and we get to help you in it. Is there any specific things that you'd go, man, if you were just talking to an individual, this is what we'd love for you to do. This would help us. Thank you for the question, Pastor Kevin. Yes launching a pile of course next summer you know this means so you want to launch a pilot course next summer yes right and for us means four things yeah raising the funds okay getting the registration approved okay building and equipping the facilities Mm -hmm. and recruiting the staff and the students so so a pilot course that you would like to see happen this next summer Involves, it involves a registration with the government, I take it, mm-hmm. would require prayer that this would be acceptable um, and that they would be approved. It requires then more building and um, equipping of those facilities as well as there's a whole recruitment thing of students and, and, and particularly staff, which I'm sure you're going to be praying and need prayer for yeah. the staff to come to lead some of these training center things. This has been... Uh, I really appreciate this conversation that we've had together. And um, I just wanted to know as as we kind of wind this up and come to the conclusion, uh, what are some of your last words, thoughts um, that you have for those who are listening to this? 
Yeah, I would just say, you know, it's been such a hard year for a lot of people, and I think it's Minneapolis especially. Um, but this season, I feel like, has a lot of opportunity. We're excited to see what the Lord's going to do through his people and through churches like Wyzetta. You are a part of this. So it's a big vision, and we just covet your prayers for the Yonisha people. So as, as you said that, I just, I, I had another question. Um, there are silver linings. There's great opportunities. I've seen that in our ministry and how God is helping us to do things that we hadn't planned on and is, I think, working some really wonderful things into our own church family. Um, what I, I want to ask you as well is how are you guys doing um, in the midst of all this pandemic and, I mean, it's like all the things going on in the world. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, cake, okay. you know, <laughs> time went very fast for us and now very happy to return to the Yanish land. It's the okay. last three months we stayed three times, planning to go two more trips before the rainy season starts. But we praise okay. the Lord. We're doing great. Thank so you. So you've been able to actually have opportunities to go and to be with the people that God's called you to be with. That's exciting. We sure, we sure appreciate all that you guys are doing um, on behalf of so many other people. And it's really our desire that we can help you as you help others. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Wyzetta Free Conversations podcast. For more information about Wyzetta Free Church, please check out wyzettafree.org or download our app available on the App Store or on Google Play.